1: Power blackouts, they happen every year. But guess what, blackouts? You've met your match. Goal Zero is the leader in affordable generators and home backup systems. They offer a simple, easy solution for when power blackouts hit so you can keep your home up and running using clean energy. Their systems power critical circuits in your home – Which are terrible if they go out like your freezer, lights, Wi-Fi, TV, and more with clean power, no fuel, no fumes, no noise, no maintenance, unlike gas generators. Not to mention, Goal Zero is portable, so you can take your power on the go as needed for camping, tailgating, and more. And they offer a range of products and affordable price points to meet your needs, from power stations that can provide a half day's worth of power to solar generators and home backup systems that you can power for one two, or three days. You can easily monitor and manage your power right from your phone with the Goal Zero app, and they offer best-in-class service with a U.S.-based service team that provides the highest level of technical and customer support. So make sure your power stays on with Goal Zero. Learn more at GoalZero.com. Check out their affordable power stations, solar generators and home backup systems today.
2: Hi everyone! Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, editorial director. Here with Mara Levinsky, senior editor. Hey there. So Mara, in the new issue, we have our 2019 preview, and the shows have a lot planned for the new year. So BNB is going to kick off with a huge story tied to their 8,000th episode, which will air January 4th. It is a definite tune in, and I think that's really all I can say about it. They are keeping it under wraps, but it is going to be. Huge, and it is going to impact the whole canvas. So, BNB fans, be sure you're tuning in January fourth. On days, we're going to see the return of Matthew Ashford's Jack, and this won't happen at the beginning of the year. But Ariane Zucker is also returning as Nicole, who, as you recall, was presumed dead in October. Um, and this isn't for a visit; it is actually more long term. Um, ditto, Paul telfer Xander; he'll be sticking around longer
0: than usual this time. And as GH's New Year kicks off, a big new story will launch for Anna. Alexis will have to reckon with her unresolved feelings for Julian. And the next leg of the Ryan Chamberlain story will keep major players like Laura, Ava, Ava, and Carly very busy as Ryan gets bolder in his actions. Ooh, that's good. uh, Yeah, for sure. And on uh, Young and the Restless, the truth about JT's murder is finally, for real, going to come (laughs) out. uh, And justice will be served when someone comes forward to take the rap for Nicky. Uh, Phyllis and Nick will hit an obstacle in their romance, and Victoria and Billy will embark on a new chapter of their epic love story. Hmm.
2: Well, our guest today is Matthew Ashford, whose Jack is making yet another return from the dead on days. Now, this one is interesting because we didn't see him fall down the elevator shaft to his death back in 2012, but they made it pretty clear that yeah. Jack was a goner. <laughs> Um, you know, Jack came back last year as a vision to JJ during that suicide episode, but now he is coming back and it is for real. Um, and, you know, we did see that Dr. Rolf has that special serum that brings people back from the dead. So in the reality of Salem, it can all make sense.
0: And hey, the reality of All My Children's Pine Valley too. if you remember that David Hayward had that Orpheus project that brought Stuart back and everything. Right. Well, of course, we all know that Returns from the Dead are probably like the most far-fetched trope in soap history. But it's like we've all agreed to just shake on it and say, all right, I'm going to go with this because nine times out of 10, what we get in exchange for our willingness to sus- suspend disbelief is a beloved character back on the canvas. And I feel like... For me as a viewer, it's like, let's just get past the explanation of how they're alive and let's get into the nitty gritty fun of having them back. Well,
2: you know, it's funny. Actually, I was on Twitter this morning and um the NBC Days uh, Twitter handle had asked a question like, what would you do if you were Hope with Ben and Sierra? And so many of the responses were, I, I wouldn't do anything. This is a soap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's not really a serial killer. He's right. only a serial killer on the soap. And right. you see that. You know, I think it's just sort of the journey that we all take as yeah. soap viewers that if you tell someone else a story, like even I've had conversations with people about recasts and they'll be like, wait, what do you mean? Right, right. And I'll say, well, you know, an actor left and they brought a new actor in to play the role. And they're baffled. They're like, wait, the same role? I mean, it was done on Bewitched. It's not like it's like right right right, 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 right. But it is
0: such a rarity, you
1: know, Anywhere else. Other, Yeah,
2: 100%. And so they're just... These are like, it was, it's even strange to have a conversation about it because it seems just such a normal thing in the reality of the soap world and, you know, just like Back from the Dead. And here we have, you know, someone coming back who has certainly been presumed dead before and you know based on the response from Days fans they are super excited to see Jack again I mean this show in particular has such a history of characters not really being dead you know from the granddaddy of them all Stefano whose name is the Phoenix for his ability to rise from his own ashes you know to Andre to Tony to Jack to Hope to Marlena to Will to Roman I mean there are very few characters who have never been presumed dead on Days that would probably be a great trivia question you know I will say the happiest returns for me personally were all of the resurrected victims of that Salem stalker story you know interviewing the actors who like quote unquote died was just really difficult because they were so emotional and they like didn't know they were coming back and so the elation they felt upon their returns you know were really amazing and I just you know it's kind of you know nice to see it play out on screen but there also is like another element that we get to have to it is like to speak to these actors again yeah Um, what about you
0: do you have a standout return from the dead Well, I think there's, like, sort of a theme to mine, which is that there is, like, little I love more as a fan than something that, you know, happens pretty frequently on soaps but kind of happens only on soaps, which is this arc of the first time the love of the presumed dead character's life sees them for the Uh first time upon their resurrection. So, like, from seeing uh, John see Marlena on the pier on Days of Our Lives to Sunny seeing Brenda alive on General Hospital and – you know, th- this was a little bit more than A Return from the Dead because there was like such a convoluted, uh, you know, double identity story going on and what have you. But that party, that movie premiere on One Life to Live when Blair saw Todd's original face on uh, Roger Howard's iteration of the character – Right, even saying original face. It's yeah, just like, Wait, exactly. What? Like, okay. Um, you know, Tad seeing Dixie alive on all my children. Like, these are the things that are coming to mind for me. There's just such a payoff there because a lot of the time, these are characters that are only coming back from the dead because the writers were incentivized to resurrect them because they were beloved. They were part of a beloved pairing a lot of the time. And now we get to see this, like, love story resume. And I am a Jack and Jennifer fan. So trust me, I have RSVP'd for Jack's return. Well, let's get
2: Matt on the phone to talk about his big comeback. Hi, Matt. How are you?
3: I'm very good. How are you doing?
2: Good. Uh, We also have Mara Levinsky on the phone. Hi, Matt.
3: Hello, Mara.
2: Hello. So we are counting down until your big return on screen. Yes. So how is that feeling for you? I mean, you've been there for months already.
3: (laughs) Well, it's, a, it's, a whole, it's very interesting because I watch, I've been watching this show and I'm seeing all this stuff that's happened that, that, that I don't know, I, Matthew, don't know, and also Jack doesn't know. And so it's kind of like there's a whole world is happening. And now I'm part of that world too, and now it'll just come rolling out and everybody's going to see it. It's, it's, um, it's crazy, but it, it's like a big feature film in a way. like We work on it, we work on it, and now we're ready to present
2: were you aware of the huge fan response to your coming back when it was announced that initially you were?
3: Well, I wasn't sure. I was, to, you know, I, I was, you know, in agreement with them that I would keep very quiet about it. So I wasn't, and I wasn't really going on any kind of uh, social media stuff and just keeping a fairly low profile. So I wasn't, you know, until we did the the day of days. Um, it, 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 it wasn't, you know, there, there might've been tiny little bits So where we did a, uh, we did an, an article, but I wasn't sure when it was coming out. So, you know, so it's, it was, I was kind of staying out and staying focused on, on just on the work.
0: Well, the fans are super excited. So yeah, just so you know, it's kind of a big deal.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, Hey, well, yes, it's, it's very, you know what I, I did start to see people and then I'd say, well. I can't tell you, but I think you're gonna like it. I think you're gonna like it, and I, you know, and I, and I don't have to like give it any caveats because I've I have been looking, seeing the show, and watching other people's work and enjoying it, and then also getting a chance to read Ron's Ron's scripts, and they're such page turners. It really is very exciting. So I, you know, I feel comfortable telling people like I'm not going to tell you, but I want you to know. That I think it's good,
0: <laughs> so Matt, you know you've done a fair amount of coming and going from the show over the years, but in to- thousand and twelve, Jack was killed off in what seemed like a definitive way like did that feel to you like a permanent exit
3: i I wasn't sure what to say is definitive um I mean, even as we did it uh you know it kind of went off and it was like it made me sad because i you know i I'd, I'd hoped for something more and it was like had this wonderful daughter abigail we just starting to create this thing and and i knew we had you know we had jj my son off in england and you know but but it just it just didn't seem to come to fruition and then you know they kind of said you know josh character said well he died a hero you know and i went ave <laughs> And you know, like, oh, that's a kiss of death. And um, so, uh, you know, but but we lived in the world of you know already. I mean, of of, of the Stefano Damiras and all this stuff. And and I never thought so much about myself as a character who died because he just always managed. There was always just some strange, mysterious confluence. And it seemed the same with Stefano. He kept coming back, so I never knew what to make of it. So I just kind of got on with my life and, you know, family and, and pursuing other work and things. And, and I said, well, if it, if it comes around, I, I will just keep my ear open and my, you know, door open. And, and, um, it, but it, it, seemed, it seemed to, to play def- definitively because people would ask and they'd say, well, he's dead, you know. So, I, I, you know, you got nothing to say to that. I mean I'm not being a Demira I'm a Devereaux, so I can't I can't quite uh I can't quite pull that card out. Well it's, unless, the, it's unless, the D you know, family
2: thing in Salem. <laughs>
3: right. It's the D I know. I know. I said you know De, you know Demira he he was the father of our people. So <laughs> I mean, you never know. Um you know a father of this country if not every country but um anyway I you know I just I always held out that hope because they said some of these characters just seem to kind of rise again. Huh? Although no one ever called me the phoenix, might be more the turkey, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I will flap, you know, when when called upon.
0: Well, it's definitely like standing room only in Salem if you were to like call a support group together of people who return from the dead.
3: <laughs> well, you know what. See, now now that, somebody sent me something. He's, there's, you know, Jack Devereaux supporters and people out there, and they sent me all this stuff to, you know, like the uh, like a, a Jack Devereaux support group, not Jack, a, a, a Return from the Dead support group is just kind of hilarious. <laughs> that is so silly because um, they started saying just basic things that are true, and they gave me a helmet like, stay out of elevators, <laughs> and, and, you know. And, and but just all sorts of things like what do you do when you come back from the dead and you don't know anybody and your family has moved on and you know like and it was just, it was just very fun and clever and just said for the people who watch this show and love this show they come up with this whole side angle that's just kind of hilarious mm-hmm. so
2: they're very invested. Yeah.
3: Yes they you know what I think the people who who watch days or follow it are there's a lot of very clever and imaginative and intelligent people who you know they in their own rights could be writers or producers or, or any number of things and and uh they like this show so i mean i'm i i they even i get i get these notices about this stuff and i start thinking I, they say way back in nineteen ninety three or nineteen whatever, uh Jack Devereaux did this or did that and I can like I just don't remember that. And I know there's things I don't remember, but what I'm beginning to realize I think they started creating an alternate re- universe <laughs> at some point. And and they just spun off. And I think they're actually celebrating that as much as anything. <laughs> because they at a certain point they said, Well, we want to see Jack, so we'll just write our own.
4: Oh, like and it was fan like fiction. this, I think this
3: was, Exactly. It became a fan fiction. And, and, uh, and so there it's, it's alive and breathing and going, but so sometimes I get confused when someone will say something or post something. And and I think I, I know my memory isn't tops, but I really don't remember that. (laughs) Um, so, so, you know, but it's, it's just, it tells me that people are really, they're engaged, they're excited, and they're ready to see what, what's, what we've got.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Um, So let's go back to the beginning of your day's career. Uh, What stands out to you about your early pre-Jack and Jennifer days at the show?
3: Well, when I first came in, um, I had no idea who Steve and Kayla were. I had no idea what, you know, a quote unquote super couple were. Um, I know that I was coming in to take over the role of, uh, of Jack Dever that was being played by someone else. And they asked me if I wanted to see what the other actors had done. And, and then I, you know, because I'd been on uh, two other shows already, I knew that, you know, uh, maybe the choices they made didn't pan out. So maybe it'd be better not to see what they did. So I just kind of said, I, I think I'll be okay, but let me sit down with this Mary Beth Evans and this, this Stephen Nichols and, and let them tell me who Jack is. And we did that. And they told me, especially Stephen, who, who Jack is mm-hmm. and who Jack is not. But mm-hmm. what they really did was they told me who they were. And so I was able to come in with that knowledge of these two people, which is pretty wonderful because When you meet them on stage, on camera, it was so intense. It was like nobody else is in the room. And I had, and then they told me, said, Oh, you're married to her. And he's your brother, but you don't know that. And so it was like, What do I, how do I, what do I, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm like the non person in this room. I disappear. And this, I think, was what was so challenging to the other actors. And I suddenly had to realize and give myself permission to be in this very, Strange place where? How do I? How do? did I get here? How did I get married to this woman? And you know, and and have this guy walk in, and every time he walks in, I disappear. You know, so I kind of began with that, but it, it was based on what Stephen and Mary Beth already had, and 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 I think the audience, the people watching, they kind of got hip to that—that that there was something wrong with this guy, Jack, that he would allow himself into this relationship and blithely or not so blithely go on. I, I think he's a bit of a, a masochist, frankly. Um, there was something in him that wanted to, to, that, that walked knowingly into this. And until he found out that in saw pictures of, of Stephen and Kayla, his wife, rolling in the hay, it, it, he could it, could, it wouldn't be real to him. So, I mean, it was, um, It was pretty intense, but exciting, too, because as an actor, I finally had kind of figured a way to kind of how do you how do you walk into an already existing show with very amazing, intense characters and and uh, and take your place. So that's that's kind of, you know, that that was all before Jennifer.
0: Well, I'm curious, you know, we we've come over the years to think of Jack as a funny guy, but that was not the Jack, you know, that you started with on the show. How do you think uh you would just dis- you know explain the evolution of that aspect, like the quirky idiosyncratic humor that we've come to expect from jack
3: um well, and things got very dark because things totally fell apart, like I say, when Jack uh, finally w- w- awakened had to be hit over the head with this fact that uh, Kayla was really not. In his his were well, really not his love, really not his his life, but but they were married, although never consummated. And he ended up assaulting her, and it was just horrible. And although I just played it without realizing how devastating that was going to be, basically to the fabric of the show, that was great, but devastating and devastating for Stephen and Stephen's character, Mirabai's character, and then my character. And it took him to a really dark place. Very dark for quite a long time, which was kind of amazing because I I recently seen Sweeney Todd uh, on Broadway, which I loved, I, and and I and the music, and I just realized, wow, how can you how can you just love and root for a character who's so dark, who's so got so much pain? And I went, oh, and I'd recently been you know I'd been dumped by a long time you know girlfriend um, coming out of school. And I, you know, it was like I had nothing, I didn't know what to do with all that. Well, suddenly here it was. And I went to this very dark place and stayed there, but just really lived in it and played in it. And then how to get out of there was like there was no real way out. And then I I looked around and I said, you know what? I think Jack, well, I think Jack thinks he's a pretty, he's become a pretty big deal in this town. So I began. To look at um, every person I accommodate is like, can I take this person? Do I have them? Am I smarter than them? Yes. Can I, you know, can I, you know, every single one. I've worked at everybody in town. And almost 99.9% of the time, I was wrong. They they always mm-hmm. had something on me. I, I mean, I, I would end up being like... Bamboozled or befuddled or messed up, and so even though I was supposedly the guy with you know the answers and 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 doing in, you know this and that, I I, um, I I I'd always kind of step on my own tie or something like that, trip myself up because of my own ego, my own inflated sense of my importance in the world, and it set up some you know it it made some very heavy scenes have some little bit of light motifs that was very that kind of sometimes came along at a really good time because you know Stephen was open, always open to to a laugh he's and and mary beth would rather laugh than cry any day um and we weren't and there was nothing funny about our scenes so. um and then i kind of get started so with other people you know the kind of the same thing there was so much pain with all harper my father and and jane Elliott, my my domineering controlling mother and um that, but but he, start, he started to be able to find these kind of moments where Jack was—you know—he thought he was the big player, and he really wasn't. Um, and, you know, he had yet to meet, uh, you know, Victor Kariakis really, and he had yet, you know, he to really take on the—he uh, never really dealt with the Demir yet either. So, it, so that that managed to kind of make people see him in another light and bring up his mistakes, <clears throat> which all came from his own ego and pride and, and narrow-minded arrogance so I, I allowed him to be a, a, a non-knowing person you know
2: well certainly Jack's popularity took off in a whole other way when he fell for Jennifer um, so what stands out to you about those early days working with Missy Reeves and why do you think that coupling took off like it did
3: I think uh, we I think we were able to first of all because the character had become so toxic through this with with a with you know, with Kayla and Steve and he was, you know, he had, um, he went to court and he, and he, but he was able to kind of avoid major prison time. Um, and basically got, got through on a technicality, but he was out of politics and he had, was looking for something new in his life. He was really, really fishing and lost. And he, he stumbled upon this newspaper, which he basically stole from Diana, um, Jeannie Francis in that time. Um, and, uh, and then this cub reporter comes to work for him. And because the character was so, had, had become so kind of toxic, they couldn't push into any kind of love story. So they just allowed, and Missy's character had just come from the teen love stories. So they didn't push us. They gave us, they gave us time and time and plenty of it just to see if anything was there. So we just worked. We just went to work and talked about work. And that became a classic work you know, eventually romance, because we we were side by side, shoulder to shoulder, looking forward, not looking at each other. And then people started to notice that we, although we wouldn't observe it, they observed it. And then it began to play on itself, and it just continued. And because they didn't want to push it, because it was kind of like, oh, we don't want to you know, push, because she was like the last daytime virgin at that time, Jennifer was. Um, And so it was like, really, like they, they really let it play. It was really wonderful. I mean, I went on a couple of years um, and I think that really, really helped. And, but it was, it was this, it was a classic office romance.
2: Mm -hmm. Now, what do you remember about that big on location wedding Jack and Jennifer did?
3: Well, it was, it was the insanity of uh, this. I don't know how we ended up in this wild West wedding. I don't, it was, we were because we didn't to say, we didn 't say we were at the Universal Studios. it was a place we ended up at Do you know what I it think. was,
0: Matt? I believe but, Jack had accidentally invited the whole town on live television, so they needed a venue large enough to accommodate everyone in salem
3: well, there you go <laughs> i didn 't remember that well so so but at the same time he was he had got into his head that for one reason or another if he was jinxed and if he got married i think he he was going to drop dead or something <laughs> like that he actually got married he was like this total fatalistic thing so he was dealing with he lost his voice cuz he couldn't talk he couldn't speak his his truth to her so i think that was going on right up to the time of this wedding and then everything went nuts and i you know they miss i they were teaching me how to ride a horse uh just so i wouldn't fall off it and, uh, and, and Missy was learning trapeze artist acts, and you know, because when everything like fell apart, you know, I came busting out of the, on this horse, and she was like suddenly up dancing up on the pole, swinging around, and you know, she was doing these stunts herself too. And and um, it was, I mean, we had all this craziness before we kind of settled down, and actually were able to accomplish the the actual deed of the wedding. Uh, so, it, I mean, it was kind of crazy fun, but what's funny is that people really do remember it. They really do. Well, which is kind there haven't been many like other, it.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, it kind of stands out. No,
3: I guess not. No, it, it, was, a, it was a pretty cool choice on part of the uh, producers and the writers um, at that time because I couldn't see it. I couldn't understand it. But it played really well. and we And we would never, ever be able to have a set like that and have all that stuff just at our, at our disposals and our fingertips. So it was a, it was, you know, cause they could do a lot of stuff there. Um, and so it ended up being a very memorable experience that people still, still, I mean, just like the fire truck thing when Jack you yeah. know, kidnapped Jennifer on the fire truck and they played, they got rescued me. And it was like, I said, yeah, that was pretty, that was, that was pretty cool. You know, I mean, we, we did some fun things back then.
0: Yeah. And I think it was also so much about, you know, Jennifer getting under Jack's skin and us seeing this growing ability of Jack to be vulnerable that I remember is like what got me so into that coupling.
3: Yeah. Um, he was very well, he was, you know, it was very difficult to say, but there was a, he was really damaged and wounded goods by, you know, did not trust anyone or anything in terms of the heart. And, but he did trust that there was work. And, you know, like it's like in those Russian playwrights, the Strindberg, Gibson, Chekhov people, they just say, work, work, you must work and find our salvation and our work. When the work is the last thing they're, they're really thinking about. They're, they're really thinking about falling in love. Um, but he was focused on you know and being a good writer being a, a you know excellent reporter and and uh, and you know had had these incredible high standards that you know and then and trying to get Jennifer from being a bleeding heart reporter and being focused on the facts and all that and bit by bit by bit she started to you know unnerve him and bring out his heart into the th- things he was writing because he couldn't help but be affected by her her point of view, because she was not only smart, but she did it right with a lot of heart. So,
2: well, speaking of that fire truck scene, uh, Mara is very vocal about her dislike for Emilio. Oh
0: yes, I was that triangle. <laughs> that that triangle nearly did me in. Um, I, I have to thank you for stopping that wedding on a personal on a personal level. Um, and when we had Missy Reeves on the podcast, she let it slip that you do quite the Billy Huffsey impression. And I was just sitting here hoping that, uh, we could get a taste of that from you.
3: Well, I, you have to see me with my shoulders up. I had to add uh, like another itch, in, another couple of inches on either side, you know, Billy, you know, and, and then I got to pull up my, pull up my long hair down my halfway down my back. Um, and he. You know, Billy kind of pimps into the room. He would always, and he, and you know, he kind of said like, "You're looking at my muscles. You're looking at my muscles. Do you, you want to touch them?" And this is to me. This isn't. To, this isn't to some girl. This is to me. You know. But, And after a while, because I didn't, because I went, yeah, Billy, you're tough, you're a big guy, you know, (laughs) he liked that. So he liked to work with me because I like, I like said, yeah, Billy, you be the tough guy, I'll just be the guy who comes along behind. But he didn't realize, like, well, the microphone is open still, so it's anybody's guess, you know. We all get to play. But Billy, yeah, Billy would be like, yeah, yo, you know, and I, I'll think like, Jennifer, you can do better than this. (laughs) I mean, he would say something, and I'd look at her like, really, really. You know, and he and he and he, you know, he'd be like, he'd be like being yo, Billy, cute, kind of this thing, and then I would go like, come on, Jennifer, he has no job.
4: <laughs> he has no job.
3: Well, I mean, when I said that, that's when the whole thing came apart. The wheel came off, the, off the, <laughs> the, the the tricycle because because Billy never did have a job. He was like he walked around all the time being tough and cute and all that. But that's very time consuming. And I'm like, but we we were working. We had jobs, you know. Which nobody in Salem had jobs. The <laughs> truth be told, you know. So when I got him on that, he's like, he had nothing. He had nothing, you know. And, and poor guy, he was very. He was. A, he was a sweet guy and all that. But he he kind of thought like it was obvious. And then when I looked at him one day I said, it's okay. You take her. Go ahead. He looked at me. He didn't know what to do. He said he was thought like, well, we're we gonna fight. I said, no, no, don't fight. You take her. Go ahead. Take her to your job. You know.
4: <laughs>
3: I mean. Like, show her where you worked. Take your girlfriend to work day or something. I don't You know, it's like, what? And, you know, so we, it was very, it was very funny because then, you know, she had to like, look, I said, you guys are, you're not a match. There's nothing there. Come on, you know.
2: They were not a map.
3: She would look at me like,
0: "Thank you, Stephanie."
3: Well, that's what <laughs> I mean. I would kind of try to, but I try to appeal to her, say, "Come on, you're 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 college educated, you know." Any I could say things that now might be considered a little bit, you know, I don't know, you know, you know, questionable. But I, you know, the job thing was, I said, "You know, does he have a job?" No, no, like you know. So she would look and she goes, "Okay, well, if not him, then who?" And then I'd just be mute. I would had nothing to say. Uh-huh. So then it just ended. So, so I, I mean, you know, that, that kind of dynamic continues, I think, even to this day, I, I, I don't know that, you know, got to, you know, she should have somebody who's worthy of her that, that's, you know, and if she doesn't set her sights high enough, then, you know, she's, she's not doing anyone any favors. So.
2: Well, um, another former co-star of yours was Joseph Campanella who passed away this year. Um, He played Jack's adoptive father, Harper. Um, What are your memories of working with Joe?
3: Well, he was such a, uh, uh, he was kind of a towering presence in many ways, very sinewy, very thin, sinewy, imposing, of course, um, a theatrical man and coming from so many years of films and westerns and and theater he loved to talk about theater um he just uh, I, he'd been offered Broadway shows he said i just can 't go back and do them i 've got seven sons i've got to feed them. They eat me out of house at home so so and he 's just but he has all these great stories and, and and then he would turn and become this dark and menacing cold person and and I just look at him like wow you' you're he's not he isn 't like that at all. he was such a warm and kind person. I mean, he, he found I didn't have a car and he said, I'm going to help you get a car because I didn't know what I was doing. I, you know, so he kind of hooked me up with a, with a person probably, had, all of his sons got cars through these guys. I guess. But he was just, you know, he's a, he was a dad. And and although he didn't play any of that stuff with me, I mean, he couldn't play, you know, he was, he'd had to be my cold and imposing father. And I didn't know, I didn't know most of the stuff that he was up to. I was clueless. you I mean guess. knifing I half the town
4: weird. or... <laughs>
3: well, what? Are, yes, exactly. When that happened, it was. Well, I mean, that was hard. That got very hard because, like, what are you going to do with that? Now we kind of like. I don't even know what to do with it. Like, it's, it's, it's. He, you know, he was a he was a United States senator who lost his mind and yeah became the Riverfront. I think I the I remember, Riverfront the Riverfront killer. Oh, my, like, exactly. And it was just, you know, it was horrible. And I'm sure he, because, you know what, he's actually a very kind person. That is not his thing, although he could play that cold darkness. But, you know, he would he would hire other people to do that stuff, you know. <laughs> um, but it ended up, it, it got very dark and very difficult, and our end was like, you know, Joe had, like, Eight thousand lines to say, and I, it was the first time I'd ever see him struggle with lines because he was—he was actually a classic cue card reader guy. I could never do that, but Joe, Joe could just read those cards and just nail it and just run, run it off. You know, he was—he was good. He's a pro. I mean, all the way, and I miss it.
0: Yeah, Matt, you mentioned that. Days of Our Lives was actually the third daytime show that you had joined. And you got your start on soaps on One Life to Live uh, in 1982 yes. playing Drew Ralston. Tell us right. about you remember about, you know, making your soap debut and that Coming first that, experience. Yeah,
3: I was, I, you know, I'd been through four years of school at the North Carolina School of the Arts. I was a supposedly a trained actor, <laughs> although I came in there and I... You know, I was the youngest doctor in living history. This is before Doogie. <laughs> before Doogie held.
0: Hauser, yes, you held the title. And
3: apparently, before Doogie, and who apparently who was a, a is, was or still is a big Jack and Jennifer fan. Neil Patrick told, Harris. Um, yes,
2: he, that's amazing. Was, back who Back when he knew? was doing
3: Doogie, we met each other, and he was going Jack and Jennifer. I love them. I love them. Yeah, it was very funny. He's he's a he's a nice guy, um, and um, he. he but, Anyway, I come on there, and I'm doing that, but I was waiting to be directed, and this show was, everything goes so fast. They, you know, they just say, come in and get the couch, da-da-da-da-da, and I just kind of did that, and I didn't, I, I needed to learn to self-direct and really, really do my work, and, and I hadn't learned to do that. I'd been, I'd been directed and wonderfully directed, but I, I, I wasn't ready to make that leap, and um So after eight months, seven months, eight months, they decided that, you know, my character wasn't really going anywhere. And so actually my real education began when they told me I was going to be let go, fired, you know, and it was like, oh, devastation. It was terrible, but it ended up being like one of the best things that could happen. I mean, I was with wonderful people, Michael Storm, Bob Woods, uh, uh, Bryn Thayer, Judith Light, um, Tony, uh, and Tony, uh, call? I'm sorry, not Tony Geary. Tony, no, Tony call. Yes. And, um, uh, Tony, um, um, with, he was with, with Judith, Judith and he was Jerry Anthony. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm.
3: And, uh, and I just, these wonderful people and Phil Carey, you know, I mean, just great people to like learn from. And when I was suddenly, being, you know, I so said, we're going to write you out, but we decided to kill you. But to kill you, we've got to make the people care. So I started going from one day a week to three days a week to four days a week. And suddenly my character had in love with Becky Lee and, and she was pregnant with somebody else's baby. And I decided I'll take, I'll, I'll marry you. I'll take care of the baby and all that. And, um, uh, I ended up, uh, uh, I ended up, uh, working and just under of my character totally came together. And I remember Bobby Wood saying, Matt, you're doing so great. You know, you know, maybe they'll just keep you around cause it just seems to be going so well, you know? And, and as a, but it had to, you know, finally result with me walking into the flower shop to, uh, to, uh, get flowers for the wedding. And this guy comes in and suddenly, you know, he's robbing the flower shop and, and Bye. Becky Lee, I, I leap in front of Becky Lee to stop her from taking the bullet. And I take the bullet and, you died a hero yet days. again. I died another hero. Yes, <laughs> beware the dying heroes. And my, my brother tells me, too, that the guy who shot me was the actor, and my, his name is going to go right out of my head. He's like a famous actor now. He he won an Academy Award for the, the movie about the tulip thief um, with Meryl Streep. Um,
0: I know exactly. And, and, exactly. A, I can't put my name on it either, but I totally know what you're talking about. Oh, my gosh.
3: And, and uh, people are listening. To this he—he's oh, uh, this very intense-looking guy, and and you know, so I Chris Cooper. So when I kind of like, it's back, Chris Cooper. Chris Cooper. Yes. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Oh, good for you, Chris
0: Cooper. I think Mara's so head was just about the, to explode. Yeah, it no, it really was. That. It was.
3: Well, I told, you know, I'm back here on days, years later, and, and I'm, I'm walking around and people are dropping dead right and left. And suddenly I'm introduced to this guy who's going to hit me with a brick. <laughs> and he's just wearing black and he's got a glove and all this stuff. And, and I said, I told him in like, in like one of my finer moments, I guess, I said, you know, the last guy who killed me won an Oscar. <laughs> and he looked And he looked at me without a beat and said, well, I am a hand model. so you never know you never never know Chris Cooper yes thank you for like helping me complete that story
0: I think Steph saw my mind actually on the verge of explosion so I'm just glad (laughs) that it happened
4: yeah
2: Um,
0: yes so after One Life you headed to Search for Tomorrow ask Cagney
2: McCleary yes Um, tell us about your experience on that show and going through its cancellation
3: well, we were on, you know, we were on, went from an hour, I went from an hour show to a half hour show, and suddenly my character was became a pretty big deal on that show, one of these McCleary brothers, and I was working and doing a lot of, a lot of great stuff, and and, and, uh, and anyway, so I, I enjoyed the heck out of that, and I learned a lot more about acting, because I was like one of the few happy characters on the show, I'm happily married, and I was a blue-collar character. Guy, And I had to find with Terry Oaf, who's just a wonderful young actress, we had to find our own conflict and still be in love. Everybody else got that conflict, but we had to stay married and we had to stay happy and love. So we had to really start to find the differences in ourselves that help us start to figure that out. And, you know, I started learning how to do my work and do, you know, basically some self-direction, but just do my, do my work, do my character work. And, and so to me, it was always a special moment and the show was doing really well. I thought, um, but, um, you know, but we were going through difficulties, you know, and NBC eventually had to pull the plug and, um, so suddenly, after all those years, where those original soap opera went down the tubes, and it was quite a it was quite a, a shocker to be on a show that suddenly it's over and it's going away. And you know, I know it happens. It happens to people all the time. It's happened to me, and and uh, you know, it's it's very it's very sad. At the same time, you kind of go like, well, this happens all the time on other shows, movies and plays and everything is just for us. And, and sometimes these long time running shows, you, you just, you really, you're gripped by this stuff. So I, you know, it's serious. It's serious. It was, it, it definitely, uh, its definitely, I'll never, ever forget it. And the experience of saying goodbye and, and letting these characters go. Um, I'm still, I'm still friends with David Forsyth and I, you know, Jeff Meek, um, and just you know, I mean, and I, I still have memories of working with, uh, with uh, Mary Stewart and you know Stu and you know these guys. I mean, characters, real, real characters, back from back in the day, you know. So, I I remember that stuff. I remember when they were using grease paint on and makeup <laughs> because we were under the hot lights all day. So, it was crazy. The st- I mean, now things are so I like, uh, Look at it. The- you know, someone says, you know, you have actually lived and worked through this golden age. I went, yeah. I didn't think so some years ago, but now I realize I think that's true.
2: No, you absolutely you know, did.
3: And definitely, days, one life to live, in search for that. Yeah, yeah. And, def- and definitely these days of a life's experience, too.
0: Well, yeah, but tell us about being on, on General Hospital in the mid 90s as, as Tom oh, Hardy. Oh, I'm sorry, yes, in
3: General Hospital, yes, yeah. Absolutely. Tom Hardy, I came back. To, you know, um, well, that, you know, General Hospital is its own animal, and, and you know, there's wonderful actors, and the way that they take it on, um, they're very serious about what they do. And, or, you know, and I'm, I'm right there in the middle with, between Tony and Gary and Maurice. Um, and that was just amazing. And,. Uh, um, Christina Wagner, and, you know, of course, everyone was always thinking I looked like Jack Wagner. It was like, I guess I'm here to take Jack's place for a while or something. I don't know. Um, but we did, and we went from being, I mean, I went from being a character who, who never, was always buttoned up, always kept the lights off in the bedroom scenes to pouring honey over Christina yeah. Wagner. And, <laughs> yeah, that and, was know, some racy and stuff. stuff and, well, they came out and they said, "Wow, we've never done that." And I said, "You haven't." They said, "No." I said, "Well, I did it because you told me to do it." <laughs> but I also kind of said, "Well, I'd like to, I'd like to let people know that you know it was not It was a character choice. You know, I buttoned, I buttoned up the last button of, the, of my pajamas because I liked them, and also said, you know, Jack felt more comfortable that way. You know, so anyway, so it comes back to this place now. I'm like you know, the 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 uh, T-shirt and the shirt budget on. The show must be pretty poor because the guys have no, no, no shirts.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Budget cuts. They were the first thing Jack. that had to go. No, not
3: Jack. Yes, the yeah, first Jack, thing that had to go was the shirts. Right, but Jack gets yes. to keep
0: his clothes.
2: Um, well, before we let you go, what can you tease about Jack's return?
3: Jack's return is, well, I have to tell you, I was walking onto the set waiting to make my return, and the show... I was listening offstage of the show and I can tell you Cassie was Cassie was running the board. She was, she's telling me really great. Really great. She was awesome. She was, okay, she was, (laughs) well, she was awesome but I had no, I hadn't experienced the writing before like this. Like, she was just nailing people right and left and right and left. And I thought, this show can't get any more intense. I said, how are they going to top this? But then at the end, she just turned around and says, just a minute. And they open the door and I walk in. And it was so, it was just intense. And everyone was just, you could have heard a pin drop. And it was one of those big party scenes. But they said it was amazing that no one talked. There was no cross-talking. They said it was so respectful of the work that was being done there. And I just have to say that, that I've experienced that time and again, and I just think that these, I mean, these actors, Cassie, uh, one chief amongst them, and Missy, um, really command that, and they should, as they should, because it, 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 he's writing some amazing, intense stuff that requires that. But the support was wonderful. Um, so that first show, I'm, I'm kind of going, ah. And again from what I see as a character is very different from what the camera sees. I haven't seen what the camera sees, but in my book, Eve is pretty cool. <laughs> so that's what it's very different. It's, it's like, Oh, it's like, what, but it's, you have to kind of see it and go like, Eve, you know, Jack thinks Eve is pretty cool to, to just to, just to set it off. Like it's, it's totally different, totally unexpected, you know? I mean, this is, and and the fact that that Cassie Depay is playing Eve is pretty amazing. So I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm a very fortunate guy, very fortunate actor to be, to be between these guys. And, and I had no idea the history that these two had, you know, uh, Jennifer and Eve, or if I did, I would long since forgotten it, but as Jennifer would say, it was high school, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and I don't know, and I'm walking into the middle of that, and it's so crazy. But I don't, I don't get it, you know. But, but that's another one of those things. People go, don't you get it? It's high school. I've known her since high school, you know, that kind of stuff. And like, so, but it, it makes for some great drama and some great funniness, too. So,
0: Well, this like, Jack and Jennifer fan I mean, cannot wait for this to kick off, I got to tell you.
3: Oh yeah. Well, I'm. Just, yeah, I, I I am very pleased. I think we have something really special to to share, and uh, I'm saying that with with the full confidence of having done it and doing it.
2: <laughs> well, we certainly look forward to seeing it. Thank you for joining us today, thank you. and you're certainly going to kick off the new year with quite a bang in Salem, and it should be great.
3: Yes, thank you very much, and I look forward to, to sharing with you again.
2: Yeah, definitely. Come back soon. All right. Have a good one, Matt. Oh, okay. Thanks, Thank Matt. Bye bye.
3: Bye
4: bye.
2: Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Matthew Ashford for being our guest. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.